Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello, leavers and believers. Welcome to Leaving Hill Song this long weekend. I hope you're having a happy holiday wherever you are, or you're getting paid a lot of money if you've got to work over this week. My name's Tanya, and I'm super excited that you've joined us today because this is a very special presentation. We have leveled up. Uh, Leavers Achievement Unlocked I got some pastors to talk to us Some who had the Hillsong badge on their shirts For a bunch of years It's always so interesting uh, Going back and editing something After talking with people Because you always go like Oh I did that here and I should have done that there But it's just you get to hear the conversation The second time and it's like Yeah 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 I know people will like that and people will relate to that. And yeah, I'm glad you said that. And oh, yeah, there's a pastor for you. So I think you'll really enjoy this perspective. I've cut this up into three parts because it was a longer conversation. And also because the Easter weekend isn't always busy and full of 
beautiful times for a lot of people, uh, particularly if you are deconstructing or you have come from some kind of religious background and Easter is just like a really scary Mel Gibson movie and not this kind of wondrous moment that people are telling you it is. Uh, if you need permission not to go to a family event because it's going to cause more trauma than is going to help, I think give yourself permission to do that or not do that. Whatever you think is best. So I'm aware there's a lot of gaps for a lot of people during events like this. So hopefully if you didn't want to have to submit to the voices of those pastors, you can listen to the voices of these former pastors and they really are quite far away now from singing the Hillsong song. I think there's a chunk in here for consumers of Hillsong everywhere. I mean, it really is lived experience stuff, isn't it? Consumers of this service. I think there's a lot for members and congregants, but also for people who've been in leadership roles. I think they'll really identify with a lot of stuff in here. So instead of saying what's going to happen, let's jump right into Out of the Woods. Part one. So I guess, Craig and Sam, can you introduce yourselves for me, please, then? And I guess, how you found yourselves at Hillsong? Okay. <laughs> okay, my name's Craig and... I'm Sam. <laughs> and... Um, We've been married for 30 years. Yeah, and got four thank children. You, thank you. And uh, we were formerly pastors at Hillsong Church back in... we. We arrived there in, in 2000. Nine, the, no, end of 1999. Yep. Yep. And we left 2007. Yep. Correct. Yeah. At, at the time, uh, how I got there is I was in Queensland. I was a youth pastor in Queensland. And I was been there for five years. I was formerly at the Penrith Church at back in the days it was called um, the Centre. And I was the youth pastor there. And Gary Clark, who was the, I was assistant youth pastor and he was the, the pastor. Then he moved on and I became the youth pastor. And uh, after being youth pastor for a while, I then moved up to Queensland with Sam. And then after five years, I really felt I needed something different was coming. And pretty much I was in relationship with, Gary, oh, me and him were close friends. I was his best man at his wedding. I think he was mine as well. And he was running Hillsong, like a satellite church in St Mary's, and he said, uh, oh, I'm going to go to the UK. Do you want to come down and run this church? <laughs> and just previously, just to be a bit vulnerable here, I guess what was going on up where we were was... Sam just had a bit of a miscarriage yeah, and and we ran into a guy that was a, a kind of a prophet, had a prophetic gift, and one day he was flying out to America and he rang us up. He said, come to the hotel before I fly out and I, I feel like God's got a word. So we went there and he said, you're going to go back to Sydney. Your wife's going to have a baby girl and her name's going to be Stephanie. and uh, this is like literally a couple of days after Sam had got out of hospital having a, having a curette. curette. 
and I'm so sorry to hear that, Jude. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because he said the name Stephanie, and I said to Sam, "Did that mean anything to you?" And she said, "Well, when I was a teenager, I always wanted to call a baby, a girl, Stephanie." So it was kind of like, "Wow!" And a year from basically when he said that. We had a baby girl whose name is uh, Georgia Stephanie Wood. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, we felt it was it was timely that we came back to Sydney. So we came back to Sydney and took on this took on a church in St Mary's, which we kind of love because I've got a big heart for social justice. And St Mary's profile, you had about nineteen brothels on the street. I had a methadone clinic, and I just related with people there. I got on. Yeah, we, we had chaplains going into all the brothels, uh, not not to judge, but just to, you know, we'd give out makeup kits and cards and just saying we love you and have a great year kind of thing. And same with the methadone clinic, I built up a good relationship. We had a big food bank and just a, a lot of things were going on, which was really cool. And community kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's your background in terms of growing up in Christian homes or what kind of homes? Did you come from? Oh, I did. Church. I, how, how did you get to church to get to Hillsong? Kind yeah. Of thing? Sure, you want to go first? Yeah, so I was about 15. So I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I grew up in a really good home and, like, we always, you know, believed in God. And, yeah, I kind of ended up at this church at Penrith through a friend around 15 and then probably around 17 I kind of was a regular at youth group, regular attending church, you know, getting really involved and that's where I met Craig. Uh, for me, I was at uni, I was training to be a school high school teacher and I didn't believe in God whatsoever, uh, you know. And one day there was this guy that was a bit of a Bible basher. Everyone <laughs> knew him as a Bible basher and everyone had been Bible bashed by him except for me and I thought, what's wrong with me? <laughs> So, so anyhow, I was on the train going home and he happened to be on that train. He actually lived literally about a kilometre away from where I lived, but I never knew that. And um, he went to the church at Penrith as well. He just, I said, mate, I, I want to be Bible bashed. I've never been Bible bashed in my life. Go for it. And, and he was a guy that was a missionary that used to go into China and sneak Bibles through undercover and, and it kind of, intrigued me that I thought all Christians were a bunch of nerds, you know what I mean? And I thought this guy's, you know, getting interrogated by the Chinese police. He's doing this, he's doing that. I thought, wow. And he's telling me stories about God that's, you know, healing people and doing this and like, and I thought, oh, anyhow, he just said to me one day, he just said, look, if I can talk you into God, someone can talk you out of it. If you want to know God, just ask him. So I remember going home and in my bedroom and saying, God, if you're real, reveal yourself. And nothing happened, to be honest with you. But um, over the next two weeks, I kept running into all these Christians that I'd never run into, like ministers. And, and then in a park, on a park bench, I just had this encounter uh, with God. And it was an experience that I can still vividly remember today. And well, I lost all my friends soon because that encounter was so real. I wanted to tell everyone about it. Probably went about the wrong way, but, <laughs> yep. but, but you know what I mean? That's you. Anyway, I see the um, light. That's great. Yeah, I mean, don't hold back because, like, the, we need the, the good stories, the happy stories. That's what, that's what I said to Sam I loved the other day was, yeah, all the good stories. So, yeah, 
you're you, okay so then you go to church with this guy yeah he invites me to come to go to a church he took me to this this rally with a guy by the name of barry smith at frank houston's church okay when it was at a university uh randwick university back in the late 80s and it was all about the mark of the beast and this and that and 666 and all that kind of stuff it kind of intrigued me and i remember you know as they did back in those days uh you know come down the front if you want to give your life to jesus like and but who wouldn't at that point <laughs> and uh even though I had, I had this encounter before this thing but you know it was just a new experience like i'd, I'd, I'd never been to church before and the, you got this band and yeah and when i did that i actually had another encounter with God, which was a bit crazy, and yeah, and then I lived in Penrith, and we went to church in Randwick. So I ended up going to his church in back in Penrith, which is called the Centre back in those days. So that's where I went. I went to a private school. I had a lot of leadership potential, I guess. Everyone and I had this extreme hunger for God and just wanting to know more about this new mystical thing that I ran into. So I got promoted Bounced pretty quick. I mean, they were they were dramatic days, weren't they? I mean, they, there was set times for services and, you know, they were full on. They, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, well, Penrith wasn't like Hillsong. Okay. Uh, and it was early day at that time. Like Hillsong was the up-and-coming shining light. You know, it was very Pentecostally back then, you know, People would speak in tongues and some would yeah. interpret it. And it was very spiritual. And, you know, when you look back at it and the songs that we used to sing, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> they were awesome. What? They were great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was what's wrong with you. Now, is that a direct, like, was that a CLC or a plan? It was an extension. Um, it wasn't. It was probably independent at that time. It wasn't until near the end that we became part of the AOG. It was more of an independent, charismatic kind of church. Okay. And then where do you guys meet up? Yeah, so we meet in a, um, can like a, what you call a connect group, like a home group. <laughs> yep. And then obviously started. We connected. <laughs> <laughs> we connected in the connect group. Craig did some follow-up. <laughs> home follow-up. Yep. And then, yeah, so I was 17, yeah. I was 17 and then, yeah, dated for a couple of years, got married at 19, as you do. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at you. You look perfectly happy. I mean, I don't know what happens when the yeah. lights yeah, are oh, down. But yeah, absolutely. That's It's yeah. lovely. Yes. And then it was you just took on the youth group, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I just took just on the youth, youth ministry. Pastor. We got married and the youth group then, sort of took off more outside of church because my heart okay. was outside of church because i had a high school teaching background i you know i worked a jail for most of my my career okay. uh, as a teacher and as a youth worker i did a couple of stints in you know mount druid and different uh a couple of private schools and stuff but i was always there to support what i wanted to do in ministry so finally when i got a full-time job in the church i could go all guns and blazing which i did sort of started up a lot of stuff breakfast clubs and helping disadvantaged youth getting involved in community groups in the area and it really took off like we had we had a a good size youth ministry but the outreach was nearly a thousand kids a week that were kind of reaching so 
Yeah, they were fun days. And we're doing radical stuff. Yeah. We're doing stuff yeah. that no one was doing. And because of that, my name started to get out and I ended up doing a lot of speaking around Australia. I did a stint with, I worked with Pat Massetti for a while, Youth oh. Alive, the high school moment, state. Yeah. Moment of silence for what was Pat Massetti and Youth Alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and then um, some other guys. So most of the big wigs, if you like to use that terminology, in the AOG as far as youth and senior pastors are kind of new. Um, not the old school ones, but the new ones was just through my connections and networking. So is this before St Mary's or during the St Mary's time? No, this was way before. This is while well I was a youth pastor. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so yeah. early days. Okay. Mm. So yeah. this is before I was a part of Hillsong. I mean, I had Brian come and speak at my youth ministry that he'd never normally do stuff like that. He came, that's how kind of I connected with Brian. Uh, that's how he knew me. Not that we were, we were definitely not friends or hung out or anything like that. He just knew of me, I guess, and, you know. Through uh, Gary, yeah. Through yeah. Gary Clark, probably. Okay. Um, so Gary goes to that church mm -hmm. in Penrith yeah. when you're a youth pastor? Yeah, so we go no, up to Queensland. No. I went to Queensland. Gary was still at Penrith. Then he moved to And then Hillsong. he went over to yeah. Hills. He left there and went to Hillsong Church and he took over St Mary's. And, you know, we're in an old Centrelink building in the main street of St Mary's uh, with about 100 odd people uh, when Gary left it and when I took over. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not just being pedantic. Like, there's a lot of people that remember all those different times and places and yeah. stuff. So. Wow, yeah. I remember that. Good old days, Hyra Hall and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Please continue. So basically, we came to Sydney, took over St. the St. Mary. So you were employed. Like I was never. Sam was paid wasn't employed. employed. Not. We did get paid. Yeah, we did. I did um, probably a couple of years before we left, but in the early days, you know, we had three young boys. I was pregnant with my fourth, so yeah, it was pretty full on. But yeah, yeah, so I was just, you know, still volunteering, doing kids ministry and, you know, play groups and all that kind of stuff. But I So as as St Mary's Church grew, it got bigger, then we had to move out of that building and we we moved into another building and then decorated it with um, you know, the yeah, whole yeah. Hillsong and, blue and, and all that kind of stuff. And then <laughs> just 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 very quickly though, like Sam and I talked before about those completely unpaid expected hours of the pastor's wives when you were you know saying before like oh yeah i did do the creation i did do all these kind like those are real yep. things i mean they're billable hours that just go i so. mean it gets better <laughs> in the, in the sense that more hours because i ended up when i left i was running you took over mitch and Bruce? i was running four churches for them mm. i was running hillsong st mary's i pioneered another one at penrith that sort of grew fairly quickly we ran out of the rsl club which was saturday night i was asked to take on mitchenberry uh which was a, a a church of about 250 people uh in mitchenberry and then from there i realized there was a lot of specific islands in mount Druitt, so i started a friday night service as well <laughs> I was running a service Friday night, Saturday night. St Mary's had 
two services. Two services, and Mitchinbury had, had one. one. So I was back and forth. I was going back and forth. Three in the morning, then three in the morning, two, and two then I'll do hills. two. And if there was a ministry service on Crazy. three at night, so sometimes I'd be doing eight services a week. Crazy, absolutely crazy. And what else and, does that mean when you're running a church? Like, what other kind of when you say I took on or I pioneered? Like, what else is like is it the three o'clock in the morning phone call kind of stuff is what I'm always wondering as well. But no, no, no. <laughs> I, I look I, to be honest with you, oh. I wasn't really a pastor. I had the title, but I wasn't a pastor, and people knew it. And I and I communicated that to people. I go, look, okay, you want me to come and visit your hospital? I'm the last one you want there. <laughs> when, when you say you want a pastor, you're a credentialed pastor at the time. Yeah, right? I was a yes. credentialed yeah. pastor. But the, the ministry gift, I was not pastoral. Um, I cared for people, but I did it not in a a get beside you and, you know, like that. Uh, I, I loved people and I always took my, if someone asked me, can we have a coffee, I'd, I'd make the time. Uh, no problem. And if someone asked me to come and do it, I'd do a funeral, I'd do it, or a wedding, I'd no problems, which I did. I did heaps of funerals and weddings. Okay. So when and, you're offering brothels, like saying, reaching out and going, we love you, like what are you offering them then, that sorry? organisation? When you had right. been doing that kind of street work, yeah, like what does that actually mean? So if the, if the you know, there's people in brothels right now listening and they remember a package from some church that says, hey, we love you, then what does that mean if it's not? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, well, this is where I, my journey started to change. The reason why I couldn't really stay at Hillsong is, is so much, we did so much to try and get people to come and I kind of didn't agree with that. I just, I just wanted the people to know that God loves them and if you don't want to come, mm. more power to you. That's not, that's, not, that's not what it's about. It's just that, you know, so in the, the brothels, for instance, is, hey, you know, because a lot of people's perspective of Christianity is they're just doing this to get me in, where I'm going, well, no, I, I just want you to know that there's a God that actually truly does love you and he wants you to know that. So, and, and so yeah, that's, that's kind of where it was at for me. So, mm. and anyhow, so as we got a bit bigger, Sam... Yeah, so I did go on. Staff I got for a Sam couple of days to come on a couple of days just to do pastoral to do pastoral care. care to, yeah, yeah. To make up for what I, because I was kind of, you know, a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
doing a lot of leadership stuff. So my role was was to give the vision. I had a core team. I had pastors now running each of those churches or ministers. So I would basically be speaking a lot and kind of organising the team. Throw us on the map for the year here, please. Where are we talking? Uh, Mid-90s somewhere? Or uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 that would have been early 2000s. So early yeah. 2000s, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Started Hillsong in the yeah. year 2000. Yeah. So. So after after about seven years, St Mary's grew to over 300-odd people. Mitchenberry grew it. So I was kind of looking after around about eight or 900 people in that area. And I wasn't burnt out. We just did it. Like... <laughs> We did it. It, yeah, it did just, get a bit tough. Yeah, it was more about you, the expectation. Well, I mean, I'm blown away how people have four children anyway. Like, if that's a lot <laughs> of people. No, well, and pay the bills and deal with grandparents and, and all other kinds of things. So how? how? <laughs> we um, yeah, well, because, you know, at the time it was Craig employed, okay, and it wasn't a great wage, like, honestly. And I know um, there's been people talk about, you know, pastors' wages and the fringe benefits side of it and things like that, which absolutely, I think at the time half of his wage was fringe benefits, so he didn't pay tax on half of it. But I think I mentioned to you the flip side of that, no super was paid on that, which a lot of people didn't realise either. So, you know, a lot of pastors, and I think... We have seen this. A lot of older pastors didn't get paid super, so their expectations are they want kickbacks from these churches for the rest of their lives because they've pioneered wow. and sown into these churches and now that church has to pay me forever pretty much. We I have, did not know that. Okay, yeah. and I had not even considered that. Well, I've only heard of one person. I've heard of a few. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh -huh. uh, Actually, two people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wonder what do the Americans call it? Like a re your retirement fund for when you retire, the company pays into yeah, it while yeah. you're employed, and yeah. So yeah, so so well, sorry. Just back to the original question. So we didn't, you know, we weren't on a great wage, so it wasn't like we could afford to get, you know, help with the kids or anything like that. And, and not that I wanted to anyway. So we just had to make it work. We just yeah, we just did it. Yeah. It did get tough. It, yeah. It, you know, I, if I could go back, I wouldn't do oh, it. Oh, absolutely not. You know, absolutely. It, it was taxing on okay. my children. Absolutely. Okay. I wasn't forced. It, they didn't make me do it. I chose to do this. Like, I'm my own person. So no one said, you have to run Mitchell Perry Church. I put my hand up for it. Mm. No one said, you know, you got to pioneer something at Penrith. I put my hand up for it. They let me do it. Mm. But... I wanted to do it, and and it was because of who I am. I'm, yeah. I get bored, yeah. so I need to. And the more Hillsong became a bit of a cookie cutter kind of program for what was called the outreach services at that stage, and then we're falling into. I couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I used to do in the community. They just wanted me to bring people to make their Sunday night crowd big. So I was getting bored. So I thought, oh, um, what else can I do? Because I just, I can't just, ma I'm not a manager. So I took on all these different services and pioneered them. But uh, can I just bring it back to just on the kids? Because I think yeah. this, I think we spoke about this, Tanya. So 
there was an expectation that even though I wasn't paid, I was supposed to be seen in services. Yes. Okay, so, you know, having our daughter, she was, what, four weeks old, in the mother's room at when, you know. Well, there was a situation. I, I, I remember one night we had a new people's thing on during the week for all new people to come to and, and there wasn't a big crowd there and Brian got, you could see, he was really frustrated. So then after it, he was hammering all the pastors about it and I'm sitting there going, well, you know, I, I did what I was asked to do. And then I, I was there and he just looked up at me and said, and you, your wife's not even sitting next to you in the services. And I'm not the one just to sit there and shut up, right? So as he walked out, I said to him, oh, mate, it's because, you know, I've got, I've got four kids and, and three of them are still in nappies. And he said to me, um, well, you better fix it or you can look for another job. Uh, of which I said to him, I'll have it sorted, you know, because yeah. it was a reflex action, you know. But I wasn't happy when he said that to me. It was like... Had he, had he said that from stage? And you Sorry? Watched, no, 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 said, no. Okay, okay. No, no, no. He said, he said not from the stage, but there was just a bunch of pastors around him. Okay. He just looked at me and said that. And then as he was walking out, I followed him and... Try to explain why. Try to explain <laughs> why. And, and, you know, as he, a phrase that he doesn't certainly live by is, you know, there's no excuse like a good excuse. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, so I just thought, wow. Um, brutal man, yeah, brutal man. Time, like, like when Craig said, you know, I'll, I'll sort it, I'll make it happen. So I remember the next week we got a friend and she looked after our baby it was only about five weeks and I did that for a week and I just said to Craig no nah, no way you know I didn't have kids for other people just to put them in programs and yeah. stuff like that I'm not doing this you know I call it a conviction call it whatever you want but that's how I felt so I just continued on and I don't know we must have just flown under the radar and <laughs> nothing yeah. else got said but I did see you know because that comes up a quite a few I've heard in other people's stories of, you know, the pastor's kids are some Bible college students dropping them off and another one's picking them up. And yeah. so I get, I do really understand that because that was just an expectation that you're seeing always in services, which is really sad. It's, you know, when that's, oh, you know, you don't have kids just to palm them off, you know. <laughs> and yet the, yeah. the pressure is there, yeah. So yeah. I know there's a lot of... Uh, parents, you know, looking back with regrets and there's kids going, <clears throat> where were you? So I don't know. But what do you, what can you kind of say to that? Like to, you know, how do people deal with it? How did you process any of that stuff, I guess? Like, yeah. When, I, when we officially left and we'll kind of, you know, you know, just, you know, Craig, Craig resigned, which I'm sure he'll, he'll share that story. But I just felt so, so much guilt, so much guilt of what? I put my kids in and look, they didn't, you know, they look, they, they actually loved. And I, I actually rang a couple of my kids today going, oh, you know, every now and then we'll talk about it. You know, you know, what was your take on it kind of thing? And, and they loved the, the St. Mary's church. They loved that because there was a lot of their cousins in that service. And it was just, it, it was just beautiful. You know, the people were beautiful. You know, we were connected. 
we were connected in a community. They loved it. But honestly, to get them to the bigger church, and there's nothing wrong with the bigger church, it's just that they didn't, that wasn't their home church, if that makes sense. It wasn't their community, their people. So to go there was like literally bribing them. Okay, we're going to have Maccas on the way home or we're going to do this and that. You know what I mean? Thinking, oh, yeah, we're doing the right thing. And when you leave that, you go, oh, my gosh, what you know, what was I thinking? What, you know, bringing these kids, not only are they in school five days a week, but now they're going to flipping programs on their weekends. This is supposed to be their time as well. You know, at Hillsong conferences, I remember getting them in the car at 7 in the morning, packing their breakfast to, you know, drive down, spend the day in a week in, you know, I was serving in kids' ministry, pack them all back in the car and, you know, <laughs> and that was their school holidays. Like it was just always jam-packed with church's agenda, I suppose. And, look, that we did give them opportunities to do a bit of sport and things, but probably not as many opportunities as they would have liked. So, yes, there was a lot of guilt when we left, a lot of guilt. So, And we kind of, when we did leave, kind of, I, I remember them doing little athletics on the weekends and allowing them to just do more and just, you know, <laughs> gosh, just, you know. I mean, how do you, have you kind of resolved that I mean, because it's been some time. We'll get that. It's been some time. You've had some time to process yeah, yeah. it. What What do we say to the people who sort of walked away six months ago and they're going, "Oh man, like you know"? With the parent side, I just number one, just like obviously, cut yourself some slack. Be kind to yourself. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's just working out what makes you happy and what makes your kids happy. Like you know, at the end of the day, that's, you know, listening to your instincts and what you want for your family, not not so much of a what somebody else wants. Just, yeah, being confident in you, making the decisions for your family. Yeah, yeah no, sounds, I would say. It sounds easy, doesn't it, yeah. yeah I know, I know, but... <laughs> You've had someone else dictate to you Absolutely. for all those years. Everything was, everything was organised. Every day of the week was pretty much structured and organised, which we all did willingly, don't get me wrong, like, you know, nobody. (laughs) And we felt at the time it was the right thing to do and we even enjoyed a lot of it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I just think parenting's a hard gig at the best of times anyhow. Like, you know, if I I was in the corporate world, I, I, I would be putting the same amount of energy in trying to, I just know me. Builds your career. Build yeah. my career. Yeah. And, uh, but the, I guess the only difference is the corporate world's a bit different in the sense that they, there was there'd be no expectation on my wife or my children. Oh, yeah. it, 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 there's company picnics and then various yeah, yeah, dinners. Yeah, but, and... uh, yeah, but that expectation is once or twice a year, right? Yeah. It's it's a bit different to yeah. every week yeah. turning up and being you know and being on the front row and coming to this and being supportive here so it is a bit there's a lot more energy i mean i've i've worked in corporate i know that i know that both sides but yeah it's my dad was a banker and if i'm guessing 80 hours a week was a minimum and nobody batted an eyelid and it's that same yeah 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 so he'd get paid for his 80 hours yeah Um, (laughs) i mean now no one would People speak up, and and there's there's fair work, and there's all these different things that didn't really exist in the eighties, you, you know. And and pe- and I guess 
that was leaned on by the church i think they they leaned on that saying it's a privilege oh, yeah. for you to do this and mm -hmm. and you know if it's you know brian used to say it's a privilege for you to be a pastor at hillsong right and if you didn't want to be there's people in line waiting to oh, be yeah. so uh <laughs> you know and he Ooh. said when he get when he got a bit angry he did say stuff like that so yeah, it was a real job security move by him <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> so it was, it was definitely interesting times but what happened to me i guess in the latter years is i started going on a journey where i just got bored with all the same leadership lingo and the same leadership books everyone was reading the john maxwell and this and that and all the pastors read the same literature you know what i mean that, that, that kind of endorsed that kind of christianity and i don't know I, I just the question that and sam knows this and i had this lingering question running through me all the time jesus came to give life and life more abundantly and i would say if this is it you know if this is it i'm pretty disappointed in that life but, and it seemed like that life was all it was like a, if it is it, then it's like a carrot, you know, just in front of me that I can never get to. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I just don't believe that's the case. So I've got to look, I've got to do seeking outside of this framework of Christianity. And that's what I, probably about two years maybe before I left Hillsong, I started looking into, you know, listening to, going back to my roots, I guess, listening to rabbis and, and listening to people that had different spins on scripture so which kind of then started opening my eyes up going wow okay and then i started seeing i believe personally my view of god was very small even as a pastor and all of a sudden my eyes began to open a lot wider and i saw god's grace to be truly amazing not the grace that we used to sell where uh, you know, we used to say it's it's unmerited favour, but you got to do this, this, and this, right? <laughs> so it was never unmerited favour. You know what I mean? There's there was strings attached, and God's love is this. But if you don't, you know, the, you the gift the gift of salvation is for free. But you got to put up your hand, walk out in front, do this, and it's actually not for free. And, and so there was this very much. I, I had those questions. I'm going. And and I realised that a lot of the Christianity that I understood back then was based on fear. It wasn't based on love. So that started welling up within me. Do you know what I mean? I started thinking, oh, this this that's why I was thinking, if this is it, this is this is not this is not how I understand the God that I love to be, and the God that I know loves me to be. So. That got stronger and stronger and stronger, and I talked to Sam about it, and I was just frustrated. And and but the issue is on the other side of that, so much of my significance is attached to the crowd, to the on stage, to the title, and, and this is what I'm battling wow. with my own ego the whole time, that's, right? That's fascinating. It's so honest of you. Okay, because I mean it's a thing. You walk out and. This is what I wonder about, but like it's it's not just the money or whatever. You know, you walk into a room, everybody's so yeah, happy to see you. Maybe for some, not for not us. For us. No, okay. and, 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 you know, the kudos, the 
you know, you come in and everyone goes, how are you going, Pastor Craig? Pastor Craig. Yeah, Craig. yeah. Happying and laughing at your jokes and 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 people wanting to to sign up, you know what I mean? And so so to me, what was welling up is this is I don't see this Christianity and and oh, sorry, in my journey meeting a lot of different leaders, I'd walk away and I go, I don't want to be like them. You know, if like and they, they would open up to me as a leader and I'd go, dude, you know, that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I go, I don't want to be like that, but you know what? I was becoming like that. Mm. At some point you've got to look in the mirror and go, actually I am that. And I'm encouraging that and promoting that. Mm. So at some point. What's that? You don't want to be like, what? What are you encouraging? Like, oh, well, for me, it was like, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a list of things I gather. But for me, it was like some of Christ, the Christian leaders' attitude about money really got under my nose. You know, if you go speak somewhere, don't waste your time. They don't pay that much. These were comments that people made. And I'm thinking, wow. And, you know, and I was speaking uh, and getting paid. I'd go out and speak somewhere into a youth meeting, a camp or something, or speak at a church, and they'd give me a, a, an honorarium or they'd take up. And every time they did, I'd, I'd feel really uneasy about it. But at the same time, we had practical needs financially. I'm thinking, well, this is good. So you kind of justify it. You know, when I left Hillsong five years later, I took on another church. And I didn't take, I would refuse to take any honorariums or anything. I thought, I'm not doing that. But that's another story. Yeah, so, um, and just attitudes about. A lot of burnouts too. People, about, people are tools. You know, people are, you know, they're tools to, to, they're here to, it's kind of like they're here to serve you to get your vision done. And. And my attitude was, no, shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't it's not really about my vision. It's about what is what what's your what do you want to do in life and how can I help you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Rather than rather than serve, be a be a servant to my agenda, I should help you realize yours. So I'm having all these my whole understanding of theological things, heaven, hell, and giving and tithing that's that's all changing within me because i sort of go a bit deeper into it and i go this i just don't agree with this and and but yet i'm supposed to promote it right so uh, at the point at some point i just needed what i needed was courage to make a decision and and like i've been in this gig at this point for well, 20 oh, years yeah, yeah. for 20 yeah. no for 18 years of being a pastor or something. So, you know, you, you get confident in that, but you lose confidence in what's next, you know what I mean? And and also if I do have these thoughts, what do they look like, How, you know, because you got to have purpose, there's a mission, you know, so you're still wrestling. You don't have to have those, by the way, but I'm just saying yeah. you're, wrestling, you're wrestling with, a mindset that's been embedded within me for the last 18 years. 18 years, 18 years. Okay, that was part one. I hope you're enjoying it. I think it's got so much in it, this conversation between these two. I won't talk for much longer. I'll just say, please look after yourselves, be kind to yourselves during this 
period where like I don't know self-harm and sacrifice is all kind of celebrated and we take days off for it and it's all really weird so please be kind to yourself be kind to people around you where you can and then you know if you need to be kind to yourself and get out of there do that keep leaving Hillsong part chill out tomorrow we'll talk then bye like to look five years younger. In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.